So today's topic I'm pretty excited about. As a fan of true crime podcasts, I'm a huge fan of the podcast Crime Junkie. Okay. Have Is you- that – okay. My friend, I think, listens to uh, True Crime Junkie, right? It's just Crime Junkie. Oh, just Crime Junkie? Yeah. Okay. Is it the guy and the girl or is it the two girls? Two girls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She made me listen to it when she was helping me redo my kitchen. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> <Aww>. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I love Ashley Flowers. I love the stuff she does. And um, so on one of her segments, she does these kind of weird stories called The Mysterious Deaths. Okay. And it's all about the- Are you stealing her idea, Jordan? No, this is a Valentine's- We're going to get sued. No, this is a love card to her. Okay. Because she definitely has inspired our shows- An homage to True Crime Junkie. To Crime Junkie. And because, you know, it was definitely one of the inspirations um, that kind of got me started talking about doing horde history. So- the topic of the week is the mysterious death of Mozart. I didn't know that he had a mysterious death. I didn't either. It was Mo- No, Beethoven was the deaf one, right? Yes. Okay. Then I know next to nothing about Mozart. <laughs> kind of the same. I listened, but I didn't really have. I'm sure I obviously will recognize some pieces of, of his. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Um, as a lot of you guys are listening, you've obviously heard. Mozart. Uh, you just kind of heard him in passing talking about. Um, you well, know. he's like a classical music icon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you told me to name three classical music icons. I'd be like Beethoven, Mozart, and Chopin or Chopin. Chopin. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chopin. I think it's Chopin. Chopin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ooh. Chopin. Um. Yeah. They they're literal icons. Like, it, it is insane how much they influence and just kind of doing this research. It was fun to kind of know about what, like, who Mozart was. Yeah, gives you a better appreciation. So Mozart was born in Salzburg on January 27th. Where is Salzburg? It's like in the Holy, Holy Romania Empire. Okay. Yeah. I forget they were an empire for a very long time. And, like, didn't recently collapse, but they did, like, not so long ago collapse. Um, he was born in 1756. Did you think Mozart was older? Yes. Okay, so you said 1756? Is when he's born. Okay, it's when he's born. So Alexander Hamilton was around, like, 1780s as an adult. So I guess, oh, man. So I guess he is a little bit older than, like, Alexander Hamilton and, and all those friends, but... But he definitely lived but during like, the revolution. He, he was like alive during when they were alive, probably, right? Yeah. What if they. That's weird. Is they it just weird? like been bopping out to like Mozart? Have you heard the new Mozart symphony? <gasps> that probably happened. That's so crazy. Isn't it? Uh, it's cool. Well, actually, how would they have gotten the Mozart music if he was in Romania? Well, so. Um, they didn't have records back then. They didn't. It would just be probably transferred by copies of composition pieces oh you're okay yeah yeah. and they would just perform obviously he's a song right basically okay yeah they would play mozart they wouldn't hear mozart but they would 
play, play Mozart. Mozart stuff. It's like um, if Miley Cyrus like wrote a song like Party in the USA <laughs> and then like handed the music out to people. And it's, so-, so it's like a cover. Yeah. It's a cover. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to our podcast where Jordan explains how music works. <laughs> If you do not know, I am, I am a bottle blonde, and I'm also Polish, and no. they don't call me a dumb Polak for nothing. No, what? No. <laughs> um, and you know what? Speaking of Miley Cyrus, Mozart is totally like the 1700s version of a Disney Channel kid. Yeah. His- so he was very sheltered and forced to do things? Yep. Really? Yeah. To- so he's like a he's like a Disney he's kid. A Lipa. <laughs> he's the classical Dua Lipa. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, no, no. He's he's like a Disney Channel star. Got it. Because so when he's like a young, like a, you know, in his childhood, probably at like three or four, is is picking up an interest in music, and someone who was overhearing Mozart just kind of diddling on the piano mm-hmm. made a comment to his dad that. He was the greatest composer. At the three. <laughs> Doesn't know how to wipe his ass, but you know what? He can shred on the piano. So his dad heard this and heard dollar signs. <laughs> Just heard the ring, 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 like cha-ching. So he packed up his younger sister and Mozart. Wait, what's Mozart's first name? Wolfgang. Wolfgang. The other one's Ludwig, right? Yeah. Ludwig Beethoven. Okay. Wolfgang. Okay. Yeah. So... They go and they travel, and he starts working kind of at the age of five. He starts making the sideshows. He would travel all throughout Europe, and his dad would kind of, like, hook up these gigs where he would play for, like, the royalty, the Aristocats. And, oh, wow. Um, and they would watch this little tiny boy <laughs> with his little tiny violin. So did he have a piano the size of him. It's like Schroeder from Charlie Brown. (laughs) Yeah, it's the little tiny (laughs) instruments. Yeah, and he did it because people thought he was so cute and adorable. He has kind of like big eyes. Um, Are there pictures of him as a baby? uh, I don't think as a baby, but you can see in portraits of him, he has like Big blue eyes, and his ears are actually um, a little deformed. He has something called Mozart's ear. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's like they knew he, was gonna, <laughs> he knew he was gonna have. It was this. named after him. Um, his ears yeah, looks like a grandpa. Yeah. Well, Mozart also had. You know, as he's growing up, playing these little pieces and compositions he has written, his hair kind of starts like thinning out. And he's stressed. He he becomes really insecure about it. It was something he was so fussy about. His hair? His hair. Well, they good thing they had wigs back in the day. So you know Ex- what? It's all good, bro. And that's what he thought. He could put like a wig on when he would perform. So you get like a little tiny wig. And his family made a living off of Mozart playing for these families and these big shows. And like his dad gave up his whole career to focus solely on managing Mozart and his musical career. But things take a turn when you're no longer cute. No, no. So by the time he's like 16, 17. <laughs> ugly now. No one really cares about yeah. Mozart. It's like now you're at the age where like playing piano is normal versus, mm-hmm. oh my God, you're like this protege. 
Yeah. And so that's kind of like where it it like hits a little snag in his life. His dad and him, you know, they constantly go back and forth because people that were around them have been to they have described the interactions between Mozart and his dad as his dad being very controlling in that kind of yeah. sense. It reminds me about He's like, a manager, not a dad at that point. Yeah. And it's sad because it does kind of drive a wedge in, you know, in the relationship. Mozart does not give up composing music. He sleeps, eats. What's the third one? Breathes. Breathes. <laughs> compositions. He just kind of tries to go out there and find opportunities. I'm so about that. He absolutely would write letters to people if he caught wind. Maybe somebody was going to die soon or oh retire. I'll play at your funeral. And he'll say, like, you know what? You can pay me this much um, to, you know, play for you. And he's trying to book gigs. Yeah, he's trying to make money. And not only that, he has extravagant taste. He is all about the clothes. Oh, so he has a champagne taste on a beer budget. Oh, yes. He he loves fashion. Loves it. <laughs> He's always caught wearing the newest trends. I'm trying to think of the fashion back then with their white tights, their bloomers, their black buckle shoes. Shiny gold. Shiny baby blue. Uh, Puppy shoulders. Frilly stuff, you know. It's It's heels. Oh, my goodness. This is the time of heels. Mozart wore heels. Yeah, they did. They all wore heels. I love it. And not only that, he uh, is a romantic. He's sensitive. He's such a sweetheart. He's a musician. He winds up meeting his wife through a failed attempt. He was only 5'4". Yeah, He's so short. No wonder he wears heels. Yeah, he's small. Oh my God, Beethoven was only 5'4'2". Yeah, they're they're a lot smaller back then. Yeah, he meets his wife through this failed attempt to like flirt with her sister. Okay. And when that didn't work out, um, he met Constance. And him and Constance really hit it off. And they are so in love. It is cute. It is so stinking cute, Lainey. Their love? Their love is adorable. I mean, I, let me let me read you a letter. Okay. Between the two. This cringy ass letter. Okay. <laughs> so wait, do you have it? Yes. Can I read the letter? I'm gonna you wanna read I it? I wanna read it. Okay, okay, it's that bottom part. I'm gonna be okay, so okay. <clears throat> Farewell then, my one and only. Take these as they fly through the air. 2,999 and a half kisses are flying, eager to be snapped up. Now let me tell you something in your ear. Mozart leaves a space. And now you, me, he leaves another space. Now let's open and close our mouths. Another space. Evermore space. And more space. <laughs> At last we say, it's because of plumpy strumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, a thousand tender kisses from always your Mozart. <laughs> Plumpy strong. <laughs> he, he is so mushy for her. What is plumpy strumpy? There's not even a space there. Plumpy strumpy is one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I is he insinuating like 
intimacy and those blanks? So I think they were, let me see you again. Okay. I think they were, okay. So now let me tell you something. You're use a space and now you, me. So I think those spaces are like the intimate things that are being whispered in the ear that they're not going to write. They're too naughty oh. to be spoken aloud or written on the paper. Do you think she got that when she read it? Well, probably. I would say so if it's plumpy strumpy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does plumpy strumpy mean? So looking at plumpy strumpy. Okay. GitHub.com has something about plumpy strumpy. Well, it just says, I'm a fan of Mozart. That's the whole website. It says plumpy strumpy, plumpy strumpy. I'm a fan of Mozart. Plumpy Strumpies. We are, our fans are now known as the Plumpy Strumpies. This is hilarious. Plumpy, I bet that was like some kind of code word for cunnilingus or something. What if it was like their version of Bay? Bay, you, my sweet little Plumpy Strumpy. What the actual, that is so funny. Plumpy Strumpy. And that's really up his aisle too. So Mozart's kind of a unique character. Obviously. So when you would talk to him, he would be soft. He'd be very soft. Soft-spoken. He's romantic. Yeah. Um, But he definitely would up the volume and his physical expression the more he got excited about something. I read a story that when he was coming into one of these music halls in Vienna, he saw a student of his practicing the violin, and he comes over and taps her shoulders to the beat, starts kind of singing in an aria, and then, you know, sits down in front of her and motions for her to continue. And then he starts humming and coming up with this freestyle composition. Oh, he's a freestyle man. And gets so into it that all of a sudden, as they're getting into the high point, dramatic, intense moment, he leaps out of his chair and starts jumping on the tables and like oh, wow. rolling around and <laughs> who uh, said Hamilton was the only the only <laughs> the American musical now we have Mozart the Romanian musical <laughs> he also has a bit of a prank side okay so he's a silly goose he is very much a is silly there another goose. letter I can read <laughs> um <laughs> so any more plumpy strumpies so he For example, he really liked poop jokes. Oh, my God. He was very well known for poop jokes. He definitely had a bird. He was well known for poop jokes. Yeah, he he had a pet bird. Um, It winded up dying after a few years. His name was Duty. Honestly, if he had his way, he probably would do it because he would find it funny. Um, And the bird... Which is such a delight to him because it would poop on his friends. <laughs> yeah, birds can't control their bowel movements. So, yep, that'll do it. So he could always be found just kind of putting in these like small pranks. One time he was at like an, an opera practice and the opera singer at the time. A rehearsal? Yeah, like at, at the rehearsal. She, the way she would sing would be if she was singing low, she would move her head down mm-hmm. to hit those notes. And if she was singing high, she would lift her chin up to hit mm-hmm. those points. And there was no other way that the singer could sing. And so Mozart found that kind of funny. 
So he specifically wrote a part for her that would cause her head to bob down and up and down and up. And he he would giggle off to the side and be like, she looks like one of those bobbing birds. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So... Let's move into the last year of Mozart's life. He is 35. Damn, he only lived to be like 36. No. Just 35? Just 35. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in Vienna, every year, they hold like this big music concert at the end of the year. A big symphony. A big symphony. And so a lot of musicians are commissioned way earlier in the year to come up with operas and plays to perform at that festival. It's like the OG music festival. Yeah. It premieres in November. And so they let him know around April. They basically kind of sent him a letter, say, Mozart, we really want you to compose this piece. Mm-hmm. And he he's one of those people, Mozart is, that overworks himself. Workaholic. Workaholic. Did he have any kids? Yes. So his oldest son, Franz, him and Constance had like right away. Constance is also known for being constantly pregnant. Ooh. But she sadly suffers a lot of miscarriages. And each one would break, like, their hearts just a little bit more. Because Mozart and Constance, like, always loved being together. Like, to like wanted a big family. Um, and so after Franz, the four others passed away. But in 1791, Constance is pregnant again with their potentially new son or daughter. So by April, she's like kind of bustling and Mozart starts working on this commission. Now, the symphony that he starts to come up with is it it becomes the opera that is called The Magic Flute. It winds up being like in the future. That sounds like a... Um, I think Midnight Summer. A wink, wink, the midnight flute. I didn't think of it that way, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> and I mean, he was always writing. He, he carried a notebook in his pocket to just kind of bring out and just doodle, doodle, doodle down. So by the time of July of 1791, uh, Mozart finished already his opera to be ready to premiere. Yeah. He's ready to bring in more commissions. He's ready to get some other money flow in. Um, Constance is about to be giving birth any moment now. He's just giddy with joy. He has a bit of these uh, mental fluxes. He uh, has like very, very highs and very lows. So you're saying he was probably bipolar, probably? I've read a lot of medical documents that people have discussed. Maybe a possible he, bipolar? Yeah, possible um, even Tourette's syndrome. Oh, interesting. And they only say that because he was known to be very vulgar. Oh, maybe he couldn't control how vulgar he was. That's what they kind of were hinting at. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, again, he really liked poop jokes and Mm -hmm. um, he had a tendency to just kind of make inappropriate jokes. Well, he could be like autistic, too. Yeah. And it it goes it goes into all of these areas because of just who Mozart was. I mean, definitely there have been, you know, articles and research that has talked about personal accounts of Mozart. And he's always known as being a fun kind of upbeat person who looked like he was always in thought. Mm-hmm. Like always just really thinking about things. So when July comes, he's at his house just kind of waiting. Constance goes on spa trips a lot. Okay. She's a spa's lady. <laughs> 
I want to know what the spas looked like in the late 1700s. Just a bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she she goes often and they I I don't know if he has like a codependency on her or not, but he definitely like his mentality dives when they're separated. So he's kind of depressed not being together. His servant comes in and lets him know that there is a masked stranger at the door. Okay. And where is he at at this point? He is living in Vienna. And he is just like, what do you mean a masked stranger? So they're just like, hey, just want to let you know, there's a man outside. He's wearing a mask. Yep. Do with that information yeah. what you will. Because <laughs> I think it's just as a suspicious and they probably were like, we might get in trouble for not letting him know, but this is weird. Because the guy's dressed up like Dracula a little bit, too. Oh, my God. It's a phantom of the opera. Yeah. So the phantom from the opera? He's there. He's at your door. Okay. <laughs> Mozart gets out of his bed, change out of his nightgown, puts on some fancy clothes. It takes him about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. It yeah. takes you probably like <laughs> half an hour, all those buttons. He comes downstairs and... When he comes to the door, there's no figure. And he's like, okay. It is the phantom. As he's turning around to come back in the, his house, uh, he hears, wait a moment. Mm. Mozart turns back around, looks around, doesn't see anybody. Hears, excuse me, sir, I am to your left. Excuse me, sir, have you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? <laughs> Mozart looks to his left and sees kind of like in this little shadowy corner is this masked man. <laughs> What the fuck? And he's standing there with his hands together. He's like, I am the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> he goes, hello, Mozart. It is so good to actually meet you. Mozart is just sitting there without his wig. Like, oh. Without his wig? <laughs> he's like, what? he's like, don't look at me. He's like, I am not proper. He's like, oh my, I thought you were wearing the mask that covers your eyes. He's like, uh, how can I help you? <laughs> Yes, alopecia. <laughs> so Mozart, when he looks at this man, he's wearing dark, dark clothes. The mask covers about, it covers from his forehead to under his nose. So okay. you really can't tell his figure. You can't tell the shape of his body by the clothes he's wearing. He's wearing a freaking cloak. How could you? And this man explains to him that he has been commissioned by his boss to approach Mozart with a proposition for him to commission a, a song. Okay. He didn't have to do that in a fucking mask and a cloak. Well, apparently he did. Okay. That was in the contract. So Mozart said he loved to do it anyways. And um, as we're discussing it, the masked man lets him know two rules. One. You have to take off the mask. The... The identity of the buyer shall never be discussed. Okay. Two, when the composition is finished, Mozart will give up all rights to it and the ownership of it will go to the buyer. Mozart agrees. I'm okay. So when the mass stranger is explaining what he wants the piece to be for his boss, he says that his wife has died. The boss's wife has oh, died. Oh, okay. I was like, what? She was pregnant. That he wants a song to play every year on the anniversary of her death. Okay, so it's kind of like Sally's song from 
Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like her own theme that yes. plays on her death. Okay. Yes. And when they were uh, kind of trying to negotiate the price, Mozart basically placed his monetary value too low. So uh, the guy was like, no, no, no. My boss wants to pay you a lot more. So let me send you more money. Mozart realizing, oh, I have to do like another art commission and another piece commission. Let me work on it when I come back from Prague. It's probably going to be at the end of September. So he's just like in that alleyway talking to this masked figure that's like lurking in the shadows. Yes. Yes. And as they're leaving the conversation, the masked stranger lets Mozart know, I'll contact you. Don't contact me. I'll find you. Okay. So Mozart starts working on this next piece. He has been commissioned by a high like bishop in a church over in Prague to do some church arias. Mozart loved church music. That makes one of us. Like a lot. But he didn't like authority. He definitely got into arguments and would call them ninnies and stuff if he <laughs> felt like they were just kind of being obnoxious with their power. Constance winds up giving birth to their newborn. Yay, it survives. It does in August. And so... What was his name, Wolfgang Jr.? Xavier. Interesting. Yeah, so when Mozart set off to the festivities for this premiere of this new composition, Constance went with him and his apprentice and left the newborn baby and their other kid at home. Alone? Alone. Wait, what? Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm pretty sure wait, family wait. members came. And, okay. Yeah. I, was I don't think they left them alone, but they definitely <laughs> did leave them. Uh, <laughs> All right. You're old enough. You're now the man of the house. So <laughs> after this trip to Prague and on their way back, it's like the beginning of September and Mozart can't stop thinking about that song request. He's just... Like, he gets obsessed. He gets obsessive. Literally, if someone tracked me down and lurked in the shadows and wanted me to do something for them, I don't think I would ever stop thinking about that exchange. <laughs> he can't not write about this piece, which is to be called Requiem. Okay. I feel like I've heard that before. You probably have. It's a very distinctive piece. So he finishes it. Well, so kind of okay. – kind of, as he's working on it, you can tell that he's overdone his workload. And he, I mean, he wakes up at like the crack of 6 a.m. and will write till his fingers hurt so much. He's like writing in his letters, I can't compose anymore. My fingers hurt. And so in September, in, um, and kind of towards like the end of September, beginning of October in 1791, Mozart has kind of done like a like a small premiere of his magic flute play to kind of see if it gets well receptions. And not only that, he takes his rival in the industries, Antonio, to come check it out as a uh, na 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 boo boo. Look, I already I don't like Antonio. <laughs> look at what I can do. And you where's know, your magic flute? <laughs> <laughs> and Antonio actually watched this the show with his son and found it really charming. Okay. And as he's watching this, he just thinks to himself, "Damn, Mozart's good." Mozart, <laughs> he uh. He can't enjoy this moment, though, because in the back of his head, he just has, like, this idea that, like, he's going to die soon. Okay. Um, he winds up talking to his wife when they're on the way back um, from this premiere, and he just says to Constance, I, 
I like haven't been feeling myself lately. I think I've been poisoned. Constance reassures him, kind of pats him, gives him a hug and a kiss on the cheek and says, honey, you always think you're dying. <laughs> honey, you a bit of a hypochondriac. Really, though? The slightest ache, Mozart definitely would like flail over <laughs> stuff and go, whoa, I have broken my leg. He's I think I have an infection. I think I have something that is killing me. King it, of drama. Yes. And they just calm him down. Like it wasn't. Poor guy. It was totally to be expected that Mozart would be like, my nose is running. My brain is melting. <laughs> and they're like, no, Mozart, the calm snot down. The is not snot. It is my brain melting from my skull. But he doesn't, like, let up on these poisoning accusations. Like, you know, like, in the weeks of October, he just kind of, like, starts telling, like, close family members, like, no, like, I really think someone's, like, like, I think I'm going to die soon. And, you know, they just keep chalking it oh, up. Oh, Mozart. Yeah, like, oh, silly Mozart. You're just kind of being weird. Y you know, you always exaggerate everything you do. That's kind of who you are. <laughs> He's just eccentric. As this keeps going he starts to get more depressed more isolated more sad constance came in to him sobbing in the bedroom at his writing table and she's trying to calm him down she's like honey like wolfgang like what's wrong why like why the tears why why are you acting as if someone has passed away in our family and like in like sobs he like breathes out I think I'm writing Requiem for myself. Oh, my God. And she's like, honey, what are you talking about? Like, you've been like, what? And he just says, like, no, like, Constance. And he holds her hand and looks at her and says, like, I think I'm going to die, like, soon. So when November comes around that same year, he... It's not like a crazy downward spiral. It's not anything like that. He winds up premiering the ma uh, the Magic Flute for that main festival in Vienna. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, wow, awesome. It's like triumphs. And he's like, yes, I did it. I've done it. I've won the gold medal. Time to do it again. But the next day, Mozart finds that he is... Um, not feeling himself. He feels odd and just tells the family that he's just going to kind of stay in bed and just kind of chill out for that day. So now it's two days after the, you premiere, know, premiere. Yeah. And um, Mozart, like, wakes up, gets ready for the day. He feels like he can go for a walk. He puts on his, like, daily clothes. He's not able to, like, put his shoe on one of his foot, like, feet. He's, like, swollen? Well, he he doesn't, like, think it is because it doesn't look swollen. So he decides it, fine, I'm not going to wear my heels. <laughs> Sad day. Keeps walking throughout the house, and Franz comes up to him. His son? Yes. And says, Daddy, you're walking kind of funny. No, no. And Mozart just tells him, like, what? Like, huh? What, what do you mean, Franz? What do you mean that I'm walking funny? So Franz says, go walk down the hall and walk back and I'll show you just to make How sure. How old is Franz at this point? Franz is seven. Okay. When Mozart does that, his walk is disheveled. There's a bit of like a weird limp. And so the two of them compare his feet and his left one is like slightly bigger. Mm -hmm. And there's like a little bit of like red splotches. 
odd. They kind of just ask and just discuss if like Mozart's done anything weird physically. Yeah. Did he like trip on something? He's he allergic to something. Is it a rash? But they couldn't think of anything. But it wasn't like in mobile. So Mozart just kind of walked on his foot, you know, didn't really care. So a f- now it's like a week after the premiere. Franz goes and wakes up Constance, who had fallen asleep in the living room after a long night of just, you know, housework. And I think she was just probably reading or something. He says, Mom, are we going to the park today? Like, you promised that we were going to go play at the park. I'm really excited. And we're going to go take out our new, you know, my new baby brother. She says for him to go get his dad upstairs and tell him to start getting ready so they can go on um, in the carriage to the park. As Franz is going up the stairs, he kind of hears these moans, and they just sound, like, wet a little bit. Mm. Franz knocks on the door and says, Daddy, are you, like, we're ready to go to the park. Like, Mom says you need to go get dressed. Can you, like, get ready? And no response. It's unusual for that. I mean, that is, like, the love of his life. These are his families. Franz comes in. And sees a very inhumane sight. Mozart is on top of his sheets. He is sweaty, wet, clammy. But that's not what looks inhumane. His foot is not only larger than it was before, but now it's both of his feet and both of his hands and it was so swollen and so stretched that it literally looked translucent as if you were peeking inside of him laney franz goes and talks to him like daddy are you okay like what's up with your hands like what's wrong with your feet like what did you do did a bee sting you and he just is saying that he doesn't know. He can't really feel things. Franz goes, gets mommy. Everybody comes up there and they kind of realize, like, this looks bad. Like, he, I mean, he can't, like, bend his fingers. I mean, the swelling in his hands and feet really started to look distorted compared to his limbs. His fingers had become so swollen that, like, they were bulby and bolus in shape. And, like, now, in, like, the next day comes and his physicians comes in, the swelling has come up to his calves. And his calves are way bigger than his thighs. They're almost, like, the width Mm -hmm. of his waist. And, I mean, it is, like... It's like someone put like a hose inside his foot and started filling it with water and giving it that stretched out look. When it, you know, when his doctors look at him, they just kind of feel that, you know, Mozart is probably sick with like a fever. They're, they're, they don't really have an idea of modern medicine. So they're just kind of like throwing stuff. Yeah. I mean, by the 14th day of his illness, that his swelling had worsened to the extent that his entire body became a Pillsbury Doughboy. Like the Michelin man. Yeah. Oh, man. He could not turn over. He could not move. And he would just weep. He just weak because he was in so much pain and agony. His face was swollen so badly. Friends and family would come in to like spatula flip him. 
Mm. because he he couldn't move he couldn't use even like the force it was just a big puffball and it was hard for his family to deal with because this person didn't look like their dad anymore their husband it looked like a really gross version of like a cartoon of him yeah also he started smelling like a really bad odor came off his body and not only that like he would throw up like this ash brown liquid. Ew, 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 ew. Yeah. So on December 14th, Mozart kind of got better. He was fine. Like the swelling went down. Everything was fine. How long? For like a day. Okay. A single day. A single day. So he um, was so well that he actually asked all his friends to come in because he would continuously work on Requiem. So Um, he was able to still do that. Uh, Yeah, for that one day, he would have his apprentice to kind of, like, write it down as he sat in bed to, like, think about it. Everybody told him to stop. And he would argue with them, Requiem is for me. Oh, man. It's for myself. They start singing the Lacrimosa part as they sit around a bed-stricken Mozart as he plays the piano off to his side. And when that part came up with everyone singing, Mozart's eyes started welling up and his mouth curved and he just started sobbing. Oh my God. Because he knows. The next day, December 5th, he has not gone better and actually has taken a really horrible turn down into whatever is happening to him. He re-swells back up so much so that is the biggest size that he's ever been. So now he's like blimp shape. Yeah. When you would touch him, it like his body would gurgle. And like that weird like water tank sound would happen and um Constance is sitting there and he's just like I can't leave you. I don't want to die. I can't I don't want to leave you guys behind. I've I've left you unprepared. I don't want to go Constance. I don't want to die. And as he's saying that, he like projectiles vomits. Oh my god. Ash brown acidic burning out of his throat and collapses. Just an hour afterwards, Mozart dies. Jeez. Everybody is just like what, what the, the fuck, fuck just happened? <laughs> yes, and not only that, the body the body smelled horrible after his passing. Like, so bad that they were not able to actually try to, like, open up his body or mm-hmm. see what was going on. And not only that, um, his body limbs didn't go into rigor mortis. Really? Yes. So when they were trying to examine his body before the, to determining they couldn't, um, he could still bend his arms. You could bend his arms and, like, his fingers mm-hmm. if you wanted to and legs. Which made them come to an idea that maybe he could have been poisoned or something. I, yeah. Apparently that's – is that really a thing? Like – What? Like if you're – if you've been poisoned, like – I – different poisons do different things. Okay. So I don't know. It could. I – the whole like swelling doesn't seem direct to me with yeah. the whole poisoning thing. So I I don't know. They wind up bearing Mozart and just kind of uh, like in a like a – not like a commoner's grave, but just like El Grave. Yeah. Um, but man, the theories that come out of this, 
everybody comes obsessed with what killed Mozart. Well, yeah, because it's like he was just fine one second ago, and then all of a sudden he's a fucking Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh, yeah. And it was very, very sudden. So let's talk about these theories, okay? So many theories. I mean, crazy. It ranges from like murder to disease to poisoning. So let's... Well, I don't... I don't know if I would say that it was poison just because it was like a long time from when he said he was poisoned. Yes. So, Lainey, you are on the right train track because a lot of the other people who have done their own theories about this have concluded the same kind of thinking as you did. They felt like there wasn't really a poison that could have given those specific Mm -hmm. symptoms, nor probably were there any opportunities to do it. So one, um, one of them was that he possibly could have been murdered. But by who? So here's their suspect for this. His name is Franz Hoftemel, and they believe he had motive because they think that maybe Mozart's left with his wife. And the reason for that being is because about a day after Mozart's funeral, a fight broke out between Franz and his wife where he, like, hacks her in the face. Mozart hits her? No, um, her husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Franz, the husband, you know, like hacks her and then kills himself. But she survives. And when they ask her kind of what was going on and if it was in relation to Mozart, she just exclaimed that she just was a student of his. But the rumors came from that Mozart would go to her house for private lessons. And he didn't normally do that with his students. They would come to his house. I see. So people believe that maybe that could be a reason. Like, like Franz, but the other guy died, though. Yeah, but the other guy killed himself. So yeah. who would have killed Mozart then if the other guy? Yeah, literally died and killed himself. Yeah. Well, that was like like a day after he the funeral. Oh, after Mozart's funeral. Yeah. Oh, the guy died, killed himself after Mozart already died. The other theory that he could have been murdered by is that Antonio guy, his little rival. Okay. So a lot of people just kind of clumped the idea that maybe Mozart and Antonio were like rivals in everything that they do, even though that really wasn't the case. Like they didn't like purposely try to outdo each other. They were just just like friendly competition. Yeah. They're just in the same field. Frenemies. Uh, I mean, even this, like, dummy report goes around um, from Berlin that Antonio actually is the reason why Mozart passed away. Even though it's not true, it's like a gossip magazine. So people do start to believe it. Antonio winds up having a mental breakdown in 1823 where he constantly questions himself, did I kill Mozart? (laughs) Oh, poor thing. And it gets so bad... To the point where he tries to kill himself oh my God. over it. And when they detain him and take him to a mental hospital, um, he confesses that he did kill Mozart. But they realize that Antonio is suffering from uh, like some kind of dementia. And okay. it's just can't really understand that he's not like he's acting like Mozart just died in 1823 when really he died. 1791. Oh, shit. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So they just kind of chalked it up. You're just an old man. Being going crazy. Yeah. 
the other theories range from a t- all these types of like illnesses. Okay, so one of them is that people believe that maybe he had kidney failure. Okay, um, which would explain the swelling and the sweating and the vomiting. Some believe that maybe there was a type of what's it called before it's a pandemic? It's a epidemic. Epidemic. They think maybe an epidemic was going around, but that's tossed out because if that was the case, then other people in his households would also catch it. Yeah, if it's something contagious or something like that, someone else would have had to have had it. There's no way. And see, and another like discord to those poisoning accusations, when you go through these different lists of possible poisons that could have been used during the time, mm-hmm. they don't fit the bill. Because if it was like arsenic, for example, he would also experience like throat burning. Um, for sure. A, a, like abdominal pain, you know, hypotension, you know, have trouble breathing. But those were all absent. He was even able to sing a little bit of the aria that was in the Lacrimosa um, Requiem Mm -hmm. song. The piece never gets finished by him. He left specific instructions about a month before his passing to his assistant to finish it. So everybody knows that he died from something, but they don't know what. Oh, yeah. Some um, researchers have found that during the time in Vienna around 19, uh, 1791 and like 1790, there were more male deaths in the area compared to any other years. Really? Yes. But what can only affect males and like a small portion of them and not get like trans, you know, like, yeah. And also a lot of people thought that he had like maybe underlying illnesses from a kid, but that doesn't even like add into it because it was so sudden to this day. There's over 150 theories. Jesus. And I mean, physicians, doctors all over the world literally discuss it to this day because they just like legit have no fucking idea. No one has any idea on what caused the mysterious death of Mozart. It's crazy, isn't it? So what do you think? I think, hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what I think. <laughs> I feel like he must have gotten like maybe like a bacteria or something. You know, there was even an account where someone claimed, no one knows where he's buried. The guy who buried him died and didn't leave any like grid to where he buried people. Seriously? Yeah. So I feel like that's the first thing that you do <laughs> when you bury someone. Yeah, but he didn't. So Mozart's marker that's currently standing today isn't actually where he's buried. It's like a dummy spot. Some some guy in like the 187 or 1970s and 1980s found a skull which he claimed to be Mozart depending on the physical descriptions of him. Uh-huh. And on the skull they found I guess, markings that would indicate that he may have suffered a uh, cerebral hemorrhage. Okay. Yeah. And that's what they were kind of throwing out there. But they have no way to fully identify that skull being Mozart. Mozart, Because you have to have DNA to compare it. So how would they get the original DNA? If they can't find the body. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is the mysterious death of Mozart. Dude, I had no idea. I mean, I feel like I say this every episode, but I had no idea. Right? Like, and this is this is interesting. That's all I can yeah. say. I mean, it's it's a case that literally for hundreds of years, people just can't like. They can't. 
crack it open. They can't. And they just are obsessed with it. I mean, people had uh, meetings and like try to do their own investigations over this course. And I mean, like high end doctors yeah. are like trying to sit there, but it's just hard because. So just for something to all of a sudden just make you swollen mm-hmm. at 35. I'm trying to think because if it was anything big ticket name like TB or syphilis or mercury poisoning or or anything like that, that was fairly common back in the day. Mm-hmm. It would be a very obvious. Yeah, it would be obvious, right? Be very, like, very oh, obvious. Those are those are signs of mercury poisoning or signs of syphilis or and whatnot and so forth. So for the fact that they have this information, because it seems like it was documented. Like, yes. That it happened. So they yes. have all the documentation. They're like, well, we still don't know. It's weird. And it's, it's, it's just like severe bloating, like just like unhuman, like unhuman, like bloating. Like you're becoming a Where you're, you're becoming – your skin is being stretched so much you're becoming translucent. Ugh. Like a balloon. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And well, that's, that's some horrid history for you. At first I was like, Mozart, how ucky can that story get? <laughs> and you're like, wait. You're like, wait a minute. He's projectile vomiting brown ash. Liquids. In- yeah. Yeah. 